When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's show is super-sized. What does it feel like? Cosmic. Because we're ready to party. This is my nirvana. I am in heaven. How could that not be fun? I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Wednesday, June 8th. We are counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. The Jurassic World discourse is kicking back into high gear. Early screenings of Jurassic World Dominion took place Monday night, and press are decidedly mixed. Like, really mixed. There are two main camps. One avouches the new film is their favorite of the most recent Jurassic World trilogy. The other? Well, io9's Jermaine Lussier used a certain gif to express his feelings, which said, that's one big pile of sh**. Dominion picks up years after the events of 2018's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, at a time when dinosaurs are now trying to live out in the world alongside humans. Directed by Colin Trevorrow, the film unites the stars of both Jurassic trilogies. Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, and Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World. Jurassic World Dominion will open in theaters this Friday. Check out a sampling of those good and bad reactions at EW.com. Holy nipples, Batman! Tim Burton is not mincing words when it comes to his thoughts on certain creative choices in the Batman franchise after his departure. Burton, who directed 1989's Batman and its 1992 sequel Batman Returns, reflected on his films ahead of the latter's 30th anniversary in a new interview with Empire. While speaking about the different approaches to Batman's storytelling over the years, Burton said he's amused by the darker tones of recent entries like Matt Reeves' The Batman and Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy because he and Warner Brothers parted ways partially over creative differences over the tone of his films, which were, at the time, criticized for going too dark. Well, the studio ultimately pivoted to Joel Schumacher, who brought the campiness of earlier iterations to Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, as well as one of the more eyebrow-raising costume changes to a superhero film by famously putting nipples on the Batsuit. Burton said of the switch, quote, I was like, wait a minute, okay, hold on a second here. You complain about me, I'm too weird, I'm too dark, and then you put nipples on the costume? Go f*** yourself. Seriously. So, yeah, I think that's why I didn't end up doing a third film. Baz Luhrmann has revealed that he considered Harry Styles for the role of the king in his new film Elvis, but ultimately felt that the former One Direction heartthrob superstardom would work against the storytelling. In an interview with Australia's Fitzy and Whippa radio show, Lerman said, quote, Harry is a really talented actor. I would work on something with him, but the real issue with Harry is... 
He's Harry Styles. He's already an icon. Harry and I came to a place, genuinely, I mean, he was just desperate to put the suit on and explore. He's such a great spirit, and I have nothing but great things to say about Harry Styles. The role ultimately went to Austin Butler, who's getting rave reviews for his performance. That movie opens June 24th. For more on all of those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. We are taking a look at something deeply disturbing for our number three pick today, the debut of Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. The new Netflix docuseries tackles the horrors that women and children endured in the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This extremist sect of the Mormon Church believed heavily in polygamy and controlled the finances and livelihood of its members, all under the heinous leadership of Warren Jeffs. Jeffs had 74 wives, 24 of whom were under age. Now, survivors of the cult are speaking out, including sisters Alyssa and Rebecca Wall, who played key roles in getting Jeffs prosecuted. Here's a preview. In our minds, the police, even the president of the United States, had no authority over us. Warren Jeffs is our president. He was the prophet. And how could you place a human over God? known as FLDS. It's a far offshoot of the Mormon church and supports the practice of polygamy. The more wives, the more children you have, the higher in heaven you'll be. When you're taught something from birth, from your mother and your father, you believe them because they're your parents. It was for our salvation. You did whatever it took, even if it was wrong. One day, my name was brought up and I was to be married. I was 14. Warren Jeffs took over this religion and turned it into money and power and sex. Young girls were like a commodity owned by the church. Warren had himself 78 wives. 24 of those wives were underage. We're going to go after the criminals and we're going to go after the child abusers. To stand up against a multi-million dollar church, you're going up against a lifetime of conditioning and fear. He took the families away, took their homes away. Might as well just line them up against the wall and shot them. You don't fight the priesthood, you don't fight the prophet. But it was so much bigger than just Warren and me. It happens to everybody eventually. You will come around and see the light. We love you. I love all of you. And go, what the f***? Well, these survivors and many more associated with the church bravely tell their stories in this four-part series. You don't want to miss it. The premiere of Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey is streaming now on Netflix. It is trivia time. The Disney Plus series Miss Marvel debuts today. More on that in just a bit. Now, this series is Breaking Barriers, featuring the first Muslim American superhero, who just happens to also be a strong, independent teenage girl. Female superheroes have now become a staple in Marvel comics, films, and TV shows. But who was the first female superhero to be featured in a Marvel comic in 1961? Was was it Natasha Romanova, a.k.a. Black Widow, Storm of the X-Men, or Susan Storm, a.k.a. Invisible Woman of the Fantastic Four? Stick around for the answer. 
All right, folks, it is time to grab your beads and chow down on some beignets because our number two pick is the new episode of The Real World Homecoming New Orleans. The original cast from the MTV reality series is back and all living under the same roof once again in the Big Easy. Now, 22 years ago, we saw the cast in one very celebratory episode stumble upon a Mardi Gras parade and join in on the fun. Now they are recreating that iconic dance party with just a few updated aspects. Here's a clip from the episode. Oh, hell, what is this? Oh my God! Oh, yeah. oh, my God. So as we're approaching the house, there is like an epic party outside of our house. There are Mardi Gras floats. There's a big brass band. There are revelers. There are beads. And I'm just like, oh my god. Oh! The good Lord above inspired me to dance, and uh, he did not equip me for it. But sometimes you just do what you can. I have this feeling of like, why can't I just have fun with this? Except it's like fun on demand. And I don't, I, I suck at that. Like I genuinely suck at it in life, period. And what's really weird for me is I'm, I'm fun. Like you guys don't know that about me. You don't see that part of me here. And I can't figure out how to bring those two worlds together. So I'm like, I'll kind of just remove myself. I don't really want to be involved. I want to come up on the floats. I want to come up with you. As I'm putting this clown suit on, I feel so ridiculous. We went to Mardi Gras the first time, so the producers are recreating Mardi Gras for us, which is really special. Outside the house is beautiful. It's so colorful. It's like someone just melted crayons just all over the street and people are just excited. And then the band, that's that New Orleans swing, just, you just hear it. Oh, well, even with all of that fun, some members of the house are still a bit apprehensive about being there again. In fact, Kelly expresses some interest in possibly leaving. See what happens on the new episode of The Real World Homecoming New Orleans, streaming now on Paramount+. Plus. Don't go anywhere, folks. Our number one pick is coming right up. What to Watch, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. 
Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Juggling algebra homework, family drama, and saving the world sounds like just another day in the life for the main character of our next pick, number one, the series debut of Miss Marvel. The new Disney Plus series follows the adventures of Kamala Khan, a Pakistani-American high schooler who loves the Avengers and strives to be just like Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. Now, Kamala is already trying to deal with a lot. Romantic relationships, keeping up with her friends, family and religion, and her schoolwork, when suddenly she comes upon some magic bangles. And these aren't just a fashion statement. Oh no, they give her superpowers just like the heroes she writes about in her fan fiction stories. Here's a preview. Okay, so first off, I just want to say, I get it. You get what? High school. Kamala. Kamala. Another adventure shirt. Cute. She thinks I'm some kind of weirdo. You were a weirdo. Boys. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of on my shirt. Sorry. But you're staring out the window in your little fantasy land. Kamala. Hey. Already? Really? Come on, like... Do I have to figure out my whole future before lunch, or is like... Maybe they're right. I spend too much time... in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who save the world. That's a fantasy, too. Something happened to you? No, why? Did you hear something? Kamala? What does it feel like? Cosmic. I always thought I wanted this kind of life. But I never imagined any of this. Do you know what you are? Indeed she is, and EW sat down with Iman Vellani, Miss Marvel herself, to discuss the show and her love for Marvel Comics. Vellani says it was inspiring for her to play this character, who's proud of her culture and heritage, even from a young age. She represents everything about, you know, being a teen, everything about fan culture. She's just so unapologetically herself, and I think that's so wonderful, and it's a hopefully a good palate cleanser coming out of Moon Knight and, and Multiverse Madness. You know, this is a show that's very character driven and, you know, all our characters, all our cast there, they're so wonderful and they've brought so much, you know, of themselves into the role because every single person on our show has, has their own connection to the source material. And I think we've, we've really made something super specific, as you said. Milani says she totally geeked out on set when they filmed a particular scene at the fictional AvengerCon. She says, quote, AvengerCon is what my dreams look like. Well, you will have the chance to see exactly what that looks like on Miss Marvel, which is streaming now on Disney+. Plus. Trivia. 
And finally today, the answer to our trivia question. Who was the first female superhero to be featured in a Marvel comic in 1961? Was it Natasha Romanova, a.k.a. Black Widow, Storm of the X-Men, or Susan Storm, a.k.a. Invisible Woman of the Fantastic Four? There's definitely a storm brewing. It's Susan Storm, a.k.a. Invisible Woman of the Fantastic Four. She first appeared in the Fantastic Four number one in November of 1961, while Black Widow was first introduced in April 1964 and the X-Men Storm in May 1975. That is our show for today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Callie Shep edited by Lauren Klein, produced by Ashley Boucher, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. What?